0: Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions, because it's time to dish the dirt. On the Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio.
1: And uh, good morning, in case you're uh, following us via uh, camera. Uh, uh, yeah, Charlie has changed dramatically. Uh, she's not here, but she's home in bed. <laughs> oh, I'm doing not the doing that. Well, I'm you're done. in your jammies, I'll bet you. Pretty close. <laughs> Pretty darn close, okay. Yeah, with the impending weather forecast, uh, or at least bad weather, that's supposed to be hitting almost any time soon, uh, Charlie judiciously made the right decision to stay home there in Prince Edward County rather than chance things on the 401. Normally about a two-hour drive for you, but, you know, yeah, with, with just, what's... It, yeah. It,
2: they were using words like treacherous uh-huh. uh, driving along the north shore of Lake Ontario today right. once the snow starts and the wind starts and all that kind of craziness starts right now it 's all just gray and it's it's kind of you can tell snow's coming it 's got yep. that snow snow sky happening, exactly. but so far right now it's not snowing. But, yeah, I just thought, you know, safety first. Exactly. I miss you, Frank. I wish I was there. Well, Ooh, yeah, I do, too, because I think
1: it was your turn to buy breakfast.
2: <laughs> I was going to
1: say, <laughs> good doctor. Son teacher, of a right? gun, yeah. Wait a minute. <laughs> Weatherman well, did me in there. Well, look, let me let me do my job here as I'm okay. glancing, uh, glancing up at uh, our monitor. And glancing. I like that. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, nothing's happening. <laughs> So uh, we, we would appreciate a phone call or two. In yeah. Toronto, you want to talk to Charlie Dopp and ask any question at all. Well, not any question, but keep it to gardening if you would. Uh, <laughs> the number is 416-360-0740. And then anywhere in the province, it is toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. Now, Charlie, you usually, oh, oh I, I've got to give my little uh, mantra here. Mm. Okay. Hmm. Uh, call early, call often. one one question per call. And if you happen to be a first-time caller, let Duncan know when you talk to him on the phone. He's our operator, and he'll let me know. And then just before you get to the airwaves, you're going to hear that. Yeah. Wow. Get your garden wings. That's right. Now, do you have well, any little notes you want to pass along here?
2: Well, there's a couple of things going on, and one, many of them are, are kind of we're used to seeing them come up every year. They're annual events because remember we are, you know, pending spring is just around the corner. Yeah, um, I really noticed that yesterday morning, Thursday morning, the sun was actually up by seven thirty, like it was light out. In the yeah. morning, it was wonderful, and even when you, last night, the sun didn't go down until after five o'clock, so we're, I'm really seeing a difference in the daylight, which I'm loving, um, because I'm driving so you know during these crazy hours. Right. So um, one of the things that's coming up, and now you've been to this, but lately you've been going to Florida, and you'll be again in Florida, is the very famous Ontario Orchid show and sale that's oh, presented right. by the... Southern Ontario Orchid Society. It right. happens every year, right around Valentine's Day. So mm-hmm. this year it's February 8th and 9th. So that's a Saturday, Sunday, right. uh, 11 to 5 at the Toronto Botanical Gardens. There will be over 30,000 exotic orchids on display and for sale. There's guided tours. There's growing supplies, which is quite handy actually for a lot of people. They need a special orchid pot or orchid media. This is the place to get it. There'll be art and photography for sale. There's seminars by Orchid experts. Like, oh, no, it's just, it's a very, very good show. Uh, $12 $12 admission. However, two weeks from today, so February 1st, Terry Kennedy will be joining us on the on the Garden Show, mm-hmm. and she's a member, as you know, of the Orchid Society, and she's going to bring some uh, free um, free tickets, free entrance tickets with oh, that's her. That's great. So, two weeks from today, people will need to be tuning in, asking questions, and seeing if they can win free access to the Orchid Show. Otherwise, it's still worth the $12, seriously. Yeah.
1: I remember we visited uh, the Orchid Show, you and I Mm-hmm. And uh, met some old friends, my ex uh, neighbors Peter and Inga Putt. Right. Yeah, who, uh, who are with. very involved. That's right, very yeah. involved in the orchid society. Well,
2: but, and they're growers too, or they're hobby yeah. growers. They, they don't. Like, Terry and her husband started as hobby mm-hmm. growers, but then it got all, so out of control. They got into, got into retail as well. So, yeah, <laughs> orchids, they tend to grab people. Okay.
1: I'm going to give you a little heads up here. Mm-hmm. Uh, We've got several folks online. Now nice. uh, first uh, person we're going to be speaking to is Selsa in Toronto. And the question is, how to grow an orchid tree? Oh, isn't nice. That, okay. Isn't that handy? Okay. So okay. We, have to take, we have to take our first little break sure. right now, and then we'll come back. Charlie from Prince Edward County in her beautiful new home there, Frankie, in the studio, all together with The Garden Show on Zoomer Radio.
0: Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin,
1: exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And just in case you've just joined us here on AM 740, The Garden Show, uh, you've got to know that Charlie is not in studio, but, but home uh, in know. Prince Edward County, where we're expecting, as we are here in Toronto, um, some pretty significant snowfall. So that's the reason. That's happening. All righty, uh, yeah. Let's go to our fo- phone. We have uh, callers online, as I'd mentioned to Charlie uh, Celci from Toronto. Celsa, uh, I think I said is. Uh, maybe I could, should get a proper pronunciation guide there. Am I am I anywhere close with that Celsa? <laughs> hi. Hi, hi Frank and hi uh, Charlie.
3: Happy New Year to you. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Morning.
3: But me.
2: I said, good morning. What's going on at your place?
3: Uh, good morning. Oh, yeah, not yet. The snow is not yet down, but as you said, it's, uh, you know, it's a snow sky.
4: Uh-huh. Yeah,
3: um, what I want to say is that, uh, really quick, uh, I have received a gift for Christmas. It's a cube you a wooden box, mm-hmm. and it's all natural uh, eco-cube. Now, in that, it says, grow your own orchid tree. Okay. Now I was looking online, and I was wondering how big will this tree grow? Because uh, it's not an, an orchid, orchid, orchid
2: tree. Right? So I want, i need to know a little more about that. So it's like the box says Eco Cube on it.
3: Yes, it's an Eco Cube. It's a wooden box. Oh yeah. And uh, in it is uh, the—you know—it's like it's grow your own. Uh, what do you call it? Uh, the, the care instructions comes with fertilizer. You open the eco-cube and you pull back the sticker, then you pour the sorry, huh. 35 ml of water into the cube, and then you give it a warm place and, you know, and bright warm place and water requirements. But to help prevent the moisture from escaping, they say, place it, um, place a clear plastic bag over the cube during the germination period. And after about two to four weeks, the orchid tree will grow. And then you can, about uh, six months after, you can bury the entire cube into a pot. Now, I was looking online and I said, how big will this tree be?
2: I think think they're just calling it a tree just to really make you feel like, oh, wow, this is going to be amazing. Um, Actually, I was just looking it up. So it's not even really an orchid. It's a plant called Bauhinia variegata right, candida. right. so so it that looks, is, just,
3: I mean the flowers are similar but not I think it's a um, Asian type of a tree
2: Yeah I mean it's originally from tropical it's,
3: it's
2: a ornamental widely cultivated as an ornamental in tropical Asia. Now keep in mind that what's going to our growing conditions Inside our homes is very different from any kind of outdoor conditions that people would be able to grow outdoors, right. where it's originally from. So you're right, it is a real tree uh, in the real world of outside gardens in the tropics and subtropics. But here, new. No, um, yeah, like it says right here, 12 meters tall. That's right. uh, <laughs> but no, you're not going to see that. But it does look very pretty. Um So your main thing will be to to provide the best possible conditions for this plant. So following all the directions... Um, It's going to want warm temperatures, obviously no drafts, no windows open, not near a front door, anything like that. Um, If you can grow it in a place where there's some humidity, like a bathroom or a kitchen, that would be best because, you know, typically that's going to be the the high humidity. It's going to be the the native environment it's used to. Um, If it does stay here, the flowers are edible. so If if you get to that point where you've got flowers and you feel like eating them, I guess you can. (laughs) Uh, So that's always fun. But um, but yeah, I wouldn't be concerned about getting too big. I would just follow all the instructions to get it up to being a little plant. Provide the bright light that they're recommending. It does look very interesting. I'm not sure if it's fragrant or
1: not. But, yeah, um, Salsa, keep in touch with us and let us know how yes, that goes. I, okay.
3: I will. I will. I'm. I'm. You know. I love to try out things. Well, and I, good. Uh, yeah, and. Uh, and this is something that someone knew, knows that I love gardening so the um, it's a of, good, of plants it's a, and so she a, brought that for me for Christmas. Yeah, so and that I could said, be a good
2: challenge, but it's par- it's perfect to support your hobby. Yeah. It's um yes. yeah, just looking a little closer here. It does say they're orchid like flowers but they're sweetly scented. So and it is widely cultivated in tropical Asia so it can't be too hard to grow, but of course you don't really have tropical Asia inside your house, so you'll have mm-hmm. to try and provide that for the plants.
3: Yeah, because what happens is also during the winter. Remember that we are uh, there's no cross mm. ventilation, so mm. that was my concern. Oh,
2: <laughs> oh right, exactly.
3: <laughs> we don't exactly. have cross ventilation, and there's a lot of like if you're cooking, and there's mm-hmm. a lot of uh, you know other uh, things in the air, right?
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And not to mention the hot, dry air growing, blowing off your furnace. Yeah. So, yeah, well, let us know how this goes. I'd love to hear if if you're successful getting the seeds to germinate and growing this plant up, because it does look very interesting.
3: Yes, it looks, and I keep looking at the cube every day. Should I put it now? Should I start now?
2: (laughs) Um, You could. Yes, you could. With the days getting longer, plants are very clever. They know that. They they respond to these longer days. So, for sure, if if we're germinating seeds or getting a little plant started, uh, we are certainly at a good point to get going on that.
1: Selsa, so, oh, so good okay. luck with that. We have to kind of move along. Uh, yeah, we have several hey. callers waiting online, and uh, we appreciate that calling. Good luck with yeah. that new little orchid tree. Hmm, mm, sounds, sounds tree intriguing, funny. yeah. <laughs> and uh, when we come back, Charlie, we're going to take a little bit of a break now. Barbara in Burlington, first time caller, uh, okay. has a question for you regarding hibiscus. Oops. So we'll deal with that, or at least you will, when we <laughs> return with the garden show on Zuma Radio.
0: Fur and feathers and bugs of all size There's more going on in the garden than you realize Should small creatures become a big problem Then you've got the Garden Show with
1: Charlie Dobbin
0: Exclusively on Zoomer Radio
1: Alrighty, Charlie, uh, from uh, Prince Edward County, my dad Uh, uh, I miss you, Frank (laughs) I miss you too, hon Let's go to the line here where Barbara from Burlington's on the line Hey, there you are, first time caller, Barbara Welcome to the show
5: Thank you. I listen all the time. So my husband just retired, Mm -hmm. and uh, he is having some challenges filling his day. And he's decided (laughs) that one of the things he liked to do is some plants and such forth in the house. How do you propagate hibiscus and rhododendron? Because I think that that sort of big job would be good for him. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> nice of you to come up with a tough, <laughs> tough job. Well, he keeps <laughs> staring at them saying, I wonder how I can make, you know, so I'm going to well, call for him.
2: I mean, it can be done. Actually, I, I know somebody asked me this question not long ago, and I have it even printed out. There we go. So the, we're talking tropical hibiscus plants, not the Rose of Sharon. Not Rose of Sharon. Right. So this is an indoor plant, the hibiscus. Yes.
6: And we so take you it
5: out have... every summer,
2: uh-huh.
5: and it flowers, and it's happy, and then we bring it in, and it keeps flowering, and it's still happy. And the mm-hmm. plant, the one plant is about 40 years old,
2: mm-hmm. uh,
5: but it gets very woody, Right. Uh, so we just thought if we could propagate it, it would make him feel happy with his retirement. Yeah. <laughs> and... Well, the, the thing is, is that so many of our hibiscus
2: plants that we love, uh, we've chosen them specifically for some characteristic, like the color of the flowers, for example. Um, I have one that's a really beautiful apricot color, and I love it. Uh, and now when I want to propagate that plant, so I want to share that plant with my friends, I do it by taking cuttings. That way, I'm guaranteed to produce, to hand the exact same plant with the exact same color flowers to my friends and neighbors. From seed, there's no guarantee that you will get the same plant as what you're propagating from the mother.
5: He was thinking of grafting. Oh, yes. That was hibiscus? Um.
2: And it depends. Okay, so the reason we graft, and, and people do, though, see, hibiscus is such a vigorous plant. Yeah, so what we'll do is we'll we'll graft different colors, for example, so a red, a yellow, a pink, all little different pieces of different colored hibiscus onto one plant, and then in our pot, we have one plant that blooms with multicolored blooms, and that's pretty cool. People love that. That's a showstopper. But because hibiscus is such a vigorous Fast-growing plant. What we more traditionally do, which is way easier than grafting, is we will get little cuttings of all different colors, plant them all together in one pot, and as they grow, we'll braid them or twist them or or make them into make them grow together as they get growing. And then, before you know it, you have again a pot full of what looks like one plant, but is actually multi-plants with all different colored flowers. But yeah, no. Um, if your husband's interested, there's lots of great online stuff for trying different forms of propagation um and i was recently i was teaching a course at humber college a a night course um and it was all about greenhouse growing and what to grow in greenhouses and how to grow in greenhouses so i mean there's certainly lots of opportunity for the retired person to to find um great information out there toronto botanical Garden. oh you're you're in burlington so uh um, so, sort of RBG. For uh, a Royal, Royal Botanical Gardens, for sure, I could bring it up on my computer here, will have some kind of um, neat stuff going on. They always have great uh, lectures and sessions for, for hobby gardeners. So, I'd be inclined to go that route, but certainly okay. think about cuttings for both rhododendrons and hibiscus. Um, new growth is what you're going to cut from. So Though the rhododendron, we'd probably be cutting, double check that, probably more like early spring for the rhododendron where you don't have a flower bud attached. Okay, and no flower.
5: Yeah, yeah. We had we have a lot of uh, squirrels, and they love to eat the rhododendron bud.
2: Oh, I know. <laughs> I yeah.
5: hate to do that. They do I have a terrible it. name for them, but I won't repeat it. <laughs> so, we yeah, cover you know. it with with uh, material, but at the end of the season, they got in and and broke a couple, and he's trying to root them in water, but one of them has a bud on it. Oh, so that yeah. that's not going to work. No, it's not. No, you have to cut okay. the off. Yeah, and you know what? There are some
2: sprays out there that are very much a squirrel deterrent that are, uh, you know, anything from something called Plant Skid, Plant S-K-Y-D-D, or I know I have something that's like a cayenne-based spray or there's garlic-based sprays that might work to spray on the buds in the spring so you don't have to actually physically cover with netting, but just use sprays to deter squirrels and then re-spray as necessary after rain, et cetera.
5: Okay, that's
1: great. Thank you so much. Thank you. Well, thank and you, Barbara. Thank you for holding yourself in check from using a bad word or two, <laughs> because the CRTC kind of frowns on that. In fact, a little behind-the-scenes story, uh, in one of our studios where we record a lot of commercials, that sort of thing, there's a sign uh, right above the microphone that says, Bad Words Bring Tears. <laughs> so <laughs> You often regret you know, saying something that you really didn't mean to go out over the air, but does. Oh, boy. Big problems, big problems. Anyway, yeah. thank you for that first-time caller, Barbara from Burlington. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a note uh, that the lines are open here right now. We've got several available, so give a call, please, in Toronto, 416 and then anywhere in the province, toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. And our next caller, this will afford me the opportunity to not have to pay a long distance charge to say hi to my brother-in-law and sister-in-law in Waterloo. That would be Ron and Sue Shane. Good morning, guys. Nice. I'm sure you're tuned in, but I certainly know that Catherine is in Waterloo, Ontario. Good morning, Catherine. Good
2: morning,
7: Frank. Good morning, Charlie. Good morning, Catherine. Hi. Uh, I'd like to know, what, um, what uh, seeds can I uh, 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 sprout here in my kitchen? Oh. Other than... Elf, I, I have alfalfa down.
2: Oh, right. So you've got like a little sprouter? You know, uh, yeah. It, it, Edible. The, the jar.
7: Yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Wow, the sky's the limit, really. And there's so many sprouts that people mm-hmm. um, you know love to eat. I know we were talking about this, uh, was it a week or two ago? Yeah, yeah. All the different kinds of seeds, anything. You, know, you can do radish sprouts. You can do sunflower mm-hmm. sprouts. You can R- do... Radish. Um, radishes beets are make a great little sprout you know oh. cause you get little beet greens um oh gosh they literally the sky's the limit there's yeah. just so much you can do there yeah yeah, um, mung, yeah. mung bean yep yep all the beans there's lots and lots of beans any of the beans do make great great sprouts and you know super healthy as well right all of these sprouts are just full of nutrients and so nice in the winter just that that green that Mm -hmm. fresh Mm -hmm. taste that you'll get from these you know (laughs) because you you grow them they start to germinate you literally get your little scissors cut off those little stems as they start to grow and then yeah throw them on a salad throw them on a piece of toast anything like that Mm. they're just yummy
1: that sounds good. It making me hungry.
2: <laughs> I know. <laughs> me too.
1: <laughs> well, okay. Uh, is that uh, yeah, the answer yeah. you're looking for, Catherine? Yeah. All righty. Well, continue <laughs> to have a great day and thank you for calling. Thanks, Here for call, on exactly. The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin uh, today, uh, broadcasting via phone from Prince Edward County, your new home there. How are things working out, by the way, at the new homestead? How's that, what? Uh, how are things working out for you at the new homestead
2: oh they're working out very nicely i mean i've got a lot of work to do outside yeah but um but yeah it's nice and cozy inside i'll say that it's Got a nice <laughs> fireplace and there's you know the flames roaring away and it's just a it's a push button fireplace gotta love that yeah and the cats love it the cats love the fireplace oh
1: missed it's, the uh adopted cat now is uh fully, yeah. fully now, domesticated i'm sure
2: Fully from fully wild to fully tame, all in <laughs> about six years. Cool. <laughs> he sleeps in our bed with us, and he cuddles up in front of the fireplace all day. It's very funny.
1: You know, our last caller, Catherine, brought up the subject of, of beans, and I remember <clears throat> I was telling one of my friends uh, the little story in our family. Uh, I have two boys, uh, but when they were very young, I think uh, Kelly maybe was about six, and uh, he was bringing home a little project to growing a bean, and you know, a little. Uh, uh in a little pot there in the kitchen on the windowsill <laughs> and so Toby who was 3 years younger and I mm. guess it would be about three and a half at about that time, came downstairs one morning about six o'clock before anybody else was up mm. and decided that he'd help feed that little bean <laughs> and he put a banana in there and scrunched <laughs> it all up and then ha- went to the fridge, got the jug of milk out and poured <laughs> milk all over it and when we come downstairs, oh my God, the mess all over the place was just, what he thought he was doing, you know, growing a little bean there.
2: Yeah, so, yeah and he's such a nurturer too. That's sweet <laughs> when you think about it. What motivating? Yeah. motivated by. There but yeah, pretty funny. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, I'm I'll... just looking at um, some of these sprouting yeah. seeds mm-hmm. that uh, um, Catherine was asking about. I just Googled very simply uh, seeds for sprouting Canada mm-hmm. and it comes up with a bunch of different suppliers. VZs has, many of them have mixes, right? So um, Amazon has oh. a huge selection of high quality sprouting seeds from um, another support supplier, so there's all kinds, and these are all basically, you know, order online and have them delivered to your house. So a lot of these are spring salad mixes, or, or just different mixes, or you can actually break it down into specific seeds for for the purposes of sprouting and eating. So yeah, there's lots and lots out there, and we are, we're coming up to all the CD Saturdays and CD Sundays, and I'll be announcing all those in the next few weeks. Oh,
1: yeah, that's good. Uh, that might be a good point to uh put on the air, too, your um, email address, if folks want to send you Mm -hmm. announcements of any sort. uh, We'd like to, of course, give a helping hand to uh, let folks know what's happening within the gardening world. So uh, you can send a little email along to Charlie Dobbin at c.dobbin, D-O-B-B-I-N, at mzmedia.com. Okay? there we go. Yeah. No, it's uh, true. Yeah. I see some other callers are just uh, getting through on the line here, so we'll we'll have one uh slated in, in just moments from now. Well, here,
2: well I, while we're doing that, do you want me to share with you a couple of upcoming things? For example, the Toronto Botanical Gardens, uh, every spring yeah. puts on an event called Get the Jump on Spring. Uh-huh. And this year it is Saturday, February twenty second. So it's still a few weeks away, but it's all day Saturday, ten to three February 22nd, it is both Get the Jump on Spring and Seedy Saturday. So what does that mean? It means there's free talks and demonstrations. There's books, uh, used books for sale. Mm-hmm. Gardening advice from the Toronto Master Gardeners are there. It's a cafe, coffee bar, silent auction, Lots of exhibitors, a long, long list mm-hmm. of all kinds of different exhibitors who will be there selling and sharing information, presentations, demonstrations, uh, and of course, Seed Saturdays are all about swapping seeds. You got so it. To bring bring your own seeds in envelopes labeled, and you can swap. Just go to the registration table, um, and yeah, try to leave. Try to leave with around the same number of seeds that you brought with you. It's a it's a very good idea.
1: Very or good.
2: Just straight buying seeds as well.
1: Okay, uh, we're, we have a, <clears throat> pardon me a caller online from Niagara Falls right now, and that would be Elaine uh, who wants to talk about borage I do believe. Oh, Hi, Elaine. Cool. Good morning.
7: Good morning, you too. It's snowing here.
1: Oh-ho, oh, I'm glad you did it's that. it's starting at your end. Yeah. Yes, it is. <laughs>
7: Hunker down. Don't go outside. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm not planning on. Oh, Uh, uh, by the way, uh,
1: Elaine's a first-time caller. There we go. Welcome, welcome. (laughs)
7: Thank you so much. Um, I have been bringing this bougainvillea in and out for about three or four years now, and it really has gotten leggy, and I'm scared to death to prune it. Why? Only because I... At Christmas time, it was bare, and I was sick, and I went out, and there it is, full of leaves, and I'm thinking, oh, what do I do now?
6: <laughs> oh, so if you
2: you have it in a cool, uh, attempting to keep it dormant situation.
7: Well, I have a wonderful, um, uh, thir- almost thirty year old sunroom that faces mm-hmm. south and has west, south, and east windows, all wow. big and bright. And so normally you don't heat that it sounds like but, but well I, there is some heat but it's, it really stays below below a 65. Right. Yeah, and we've had such a
2: mild winter that yeah, yeah so it was very warm and that was really uh, contributing awesome. to encouraging growth on the bougainvillea. So what I would do of course you're going to keep it in that sunroom which sounds is sounds absolutely perfect. And um you you are going to want to do some pruning. The question is do you want to do it now or do you want to wait uh Four to six weeks to do it. Either way, okay. you're going to want to do some pruning, and when you do it, you will be encouraging new growth. All right. So, uh, when you prune, try and envision where the next growth is going to come from, because you're going to try and do fairly. You know, you up to thirty percent of the plant can be removed in okay, this thirty process. Okay. And uh, okay. but that's going to be it. You just want to do that once, and then you want to let it. Fill back in with green leaves and buds and flowers right. through the spring and the summer and next fall. And, of course, you'll be prepared to, uh, next spring, be pruning again. So the idea is to prune once a year if you can.
7: Okay. And and just try to envision
2: where it's going to grow to. And, and it will certainly look a lot better for the pruning you're going to do. Yes,
7: yes. That sounds wonderful. I was scared to death to kill it.
2: No, no, you won't kill it. Also,
7: we are getting to that time of year as the days get longer
2: and as we do pull out our nice sharp pruners is to get out the fertilizer. So not oh, yeah. a bad idea with our potted plants because they, they do start getting a uh, struggle for nutrition, yeah. particularly if they've been in the same pot for three or four years. Well, thank you
7: for your help. Uh, oh,
2: nice. By the, the way, Elaine,
1: Al. thank you for your uh, weather report there. That snow, <laughs> is it quite heavy right at the moment?
7: Well, I you know... Uh, 30 minutes ago, there was nothing on the ground, and it's covered now.
1: Oh, yeah. okay.
7: So yeah. it's arrived.
2: It's
7: right. yep, crossed the border. They, Ex- somehow it got across the border
1: exactly. from Colorado. Okay. <laughs> Thank
7: you for taking my call.
1: You're welcome, very Thank much. Thank
7: you for calling, yes.
1: And we have another first-time caller waiting online. we'll get to in just moments from Wasaga Beach. So nice. you stand by, and the phone lines are indeed open. 416-360-0740 in Toronto. Toronto, anywhere in the province, toll free one eight six six seven forty four seven forty. Charlie Dobbin on the phone from Prince Edward County doing the show this morning. Frank in studio.
2: Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias,
6: Scythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and williams.
0: You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden
1: Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Well, Charlie, let's welcome another first-time caller... That's for Caroline in Wasaga Beach. Good morning, That's Caroline.
2: Excellent. Welcome. Good morning. Yeah, good, go morning. Yeah, good
1: morning. Good morning. Yeah, good morning. morning. Go ahead, I Caroline.
6: <laughs> I have a question. In our backyard, uh, we're in a condo, a townhouse condo, and there's two rows of big locks right at the back of our little yard. Uh, and I'm looking for something I can plant in between them. That will give me color, but not grow too
2: big, too tall. Right. Uh, okay, so I just missed what it. What, it's two rows of what?
6: Great big rocks.
2: Oh, rocks.
6: Yeah.
2: Huh. Hmm. And those are there. Those are out your back of the condo, and those are yeah. just almost like a defining the property. Or are they there as yeah. bollards yeah. along yeah. the road, they, or
6: no? They go there, Go along the back of the property
2: back of the property. What yeah. direction, when you look out your back, what direction are you looking? Is it like morning sun coming up or uh, is sun going down? or?
6: We get the sun in the morning.
2: In the morning. And how t- roughly what's the size of the rocks? The height? Oh,
6: some of them are uh, two feet long and uh, foot deep.
2: Hmm. So they're good size.
6: They're about knee high when you get to to the, where
2: they are, and then go a step up. Yeah, so the challenge, I mean, it's doable to, to actually plant specific plants in between the rocks, but I imagine those yeah. rocks are placed in grass or turf, right? You've got yeah. um, all then, going around it. <laughs>
6: yeah.
2: yeah, so that's going to be the challenge. That even if you plant individual plants between each of those rocks, the grass, is, the grass is going to want to grow in around whatever you you plant, and it's going to be very difficult to maintain. What I'd be inclined to do, I guess, it would kind of depend on how the, the scale of this project, but I'd be inclined to make a garden that incorporates the rocks into the garden but we then would add in a mix of various perennials for color you know some nice colorful perennials maybe some shrubbery small could be a few roses just get some plants to soften the rocks but also shape that garden in such a way that it's the perimeter of it is outside the rocks. so trimming the lawn is going to be easy and trimming the edge of that garden with a whippersnip or whatever would also be easy and then the rocks won't be as obvious they'll just be part of the garden
6: yeah i'm not worried about the the rocks not being obvious i'm just looking for some color when i look out our bedroom window or our kitchen uh well, you know to have yeah, a little of choices.
2: There's lots and lots of choices depending on what colors you like. I mean, you can go with some annual flowers, simple like cosmos is a nice one. Zinnias are getting back in vogue and very easy to grow and wonderful pollinator supporters. You know, because that's part of why we all what we also want to do when we're growing flowers. We want to support exactly. all the insects that pollinate. We rely on for pollination. So right. there are many, many perennials. Early spring, many of the bulbs are excellent to support. The bees that wake up early in the early spring, and and then so we've got you know, crocuses and all kinds of little bulbs that are wonderful early, moving through to you know day lilies. Gosh, there's all kinds of very easy to grow perennials through the midsummer, and then towards the end of the summer we look at things like sedum and black-eyed susans, all of which are again nice color late in the season and great pollinator supporters.
1: Good. Okay. That sounds great. Okay, Carolyn? Uh, yeah, thank you. <laughs> All righty. Thank you. Boy, you had a number of answers for Carolyn there.
2: Well, I know. I was just trying to envision what she had going yeah. on there, and I just don't want to... Emphasize the rocks. I would say you want to kind of make, make those rocks disappear a
1: bit. But, That's right. Um, okay, we have to take great. a little bit of a break, Charlie. Give okay, you, a, you. Uh, a rest as you work hard at home. I my know. Gosh. I mean,
2: just it's exhausting. <laughs> this getting out of bed and having to oh, I
1: know. do a radio show in my pajamas, slurping your coffee there in your PJs. <laughs> mm. exactly. All righty. I uh, will coming. We're coming back in moments to talk to uh, a okay. first-time caller right here in Toronto. That's coming up next on the Garden Show with Frank Proctor and of course Charlie Dobbin
0: don't change stations just because the weather changes garden tips and advice all year round this is the garden show with charlie dobbin exclusively on zoomer
1: radio and charlie Dobbin on the air from her phone in prince edward (laughs) county and you'll be interested to know we've talked quite a bit about orchids this morning well here's a first time caller jane in toronto who has a question about orchids good morning jane
3: good morning good morning um, I was just uh,
5: calling because, uh, sorry, I missed part of your show this morning, but I I have an orchid that my stepson gave me for Mother's Day.
3: Mm-hmm.
5: And the uh, all the buds, all the flowers fell off in October, November, but I still have the two, it's a double, the two stalks nice. going up, and they look like dead wood. Do you okay. wait yeah. for those to come back or cut them off? No, if
2: they look like dead wood, if they're yeah. dark brown or black or shriveled or dried up looking, sharp pruners or scissors and just cut those out from where that brown or black is. Okay. If they're green, I leave them alone, because sometimes they will pop out another bud. Okay. But it's once they turn brown or or dark color, they're toast, and now you're just going to support the leaves, and a new flower stalk will grow.
5: Oh, okay. Thank you so much. Okay. And I love your show, so have Thank a great day. Thank you very okay. much. Thank you,
1: Jane. Thank you. That's nice of you to say. We really appreciate that, honestly. Me we do. We um, honestly do, yeah. Boy, uh, boy, I'm telling you, the calls from, from all over. Now, here we go. Uh, we're going to Burlington and saying hi to Nancy. Hi, Nancy. Welcome to the show. Uh, <clears throat>
4: thank you, Frank. Um, uh, Charlie, I pot up my geraniums every fall. I cut them back, but as you know, they just get uh, stringy and <clears throat> Uh I don't uh, feed them, but I do uh, water them. Right. Uh, and I'm just wondering, oh, when is the best time for me to cut them back, and how far should I cut them back uh, to get them ready for spring?
2: Actually, you could do it anytime now. Anytime in the next now over the next few weeks. It's um, I would do my cutting back preferably when it's. Well, I mean, it doesn't really matter, but they're going to respond best on a sunny day where you've got some bright sun. Are you, I assume you've got them in a room where there's windows,
4: or have you got. Sure, they're all in windows.
2: Yeah, so. So, plants are totally responding to these longer days. So, that cutting back is very invigorating. You get all that spindly, weak growth in the winter. So sharp scissors or pruners, you go in there, cutting, cutting away. You know, you can save some of those little bits you're cutting off and use them as cuttings, depending if you want more plants or not. What we, that's what the growers do. They have the mother plants, like you have, sitting all winter, just kind of growing slowly in a, in a sunny greenhouse or window. And then right about this time, mid-January to third, fourth week of January, they'll go in there and just cut them right back, prune them right back, taking cuttings that are anywhere from three to four inches long off of each of the stems. Those are all put into a propagation area so that roots will grow off the cuttings. So they've got obviously, you know, 10, 20 plants coming off of each of the mother plants. And meanwhile, the mother plants are put back up into the put in the greenhouse to continue to grow and get very fat and juicy and very dense growth. And then they're premium plants in the spring if they are for sale or they do another load of cutting back in about six weeks.
4: Okay, so you're, you're suggesting that I may have to cut again? You can if you want to. This depends what, how big you want your geraniums when they go outside. Yeah, I, I want have. them to be very identifiable. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when you put them in the uh, the garden, I don't right. want them so so um, wasted that they uh, that you can hardly see what you've got. Right, tiny um, plant. Uh, so when you cut them back, how how far do you cut back? Mm, four to six inches. Okay.
2: Okay. And and like I said, you can save those cuttings and root them yeah. for for yourself or for others or uh, or just. Compost those and keep the the main plant. And when you're doing your cutting back, remember, look where the next bud is going to grow so that you're growing to the outside of the plant. You're going to really try and um, help the plant be a bushy, good-looking, balanced plant. Yeah. Okay? Okay. Okay.
1: Thanks very much. Thank you so much, Nancy, and uh, appreciate you calling in. Yeah, um, gee whiz, we have another first-time caller. You know what? The greater preponderance of all our callers this morning have been first-time callers, (laughs) as is Bill from Pickering. Good morning, Bill. Good morning. How are you?
8: Great. Good morning, Bill. Um, It's another geranium question, and I just learned a bunch of stuff. I've been propagating geraniums over, well, since White Rose closed, so you know how long that is. Yeah, yeah,
2: two years ago, 2003, yep.
8: And so some of them I've got them through four or five years taking cuttings each year. But mm-hmm. my question this morning is uh, stem rot. How does mm-hmm. it spread? How does it spread? Yeah, well, it is, is
2: a it fungal like, disease. Sorry? It's a fungal disease, so yes. fungus. So all fungal diseases spread in conditions that allow it to grow or by us on our hands or our tools, our pruners, for example.
8: Okay okay so not so, uh, by, not through water i was wondering uh, you know, like sometimes like I'll, I'll i'll have 80 cuttings going mm-hmm. and by the time it's uh time to pot them all up i've got uh probably 80 percent of them some years down to 60 percent mm-hmm. but that's the number one uh, and the problem
2: stems have rotted at ground level yes
8: yeah, just above yeah they get all soft and they're done yeah
2: so what you've got to do what, or the reason that's happening um no, uh, is it being, it, well, it's a, it's a funny thing. The, the spores could be transmitted via water because many fungal spores are waterborne. But more likely, I mean, what you want is you want no stem rot to occur. Like, you want no spores to be in your greenhouse or your your growing operation whatsoever. So, the way to do that, of course, is be very, very careful with your watering. The reason you're getting the stem rot is that the soil is staying wet for too long. And you say, well, but I, you know, I, I need to water. I can see the plants are starting to wilt. So, what I'd be saying in that situation is really look closely at maybe running a fan or getting some better air circulation where you've got all those cuttings growing, because that is one of the biggest issues in our, when we get really crowded with our plants. The, the air um, movement slows down to such an extent that we start encouraging and developing fungal diseases. So um, that I would just even just a simple fan blowing across the surface of the soil as much as you can, moving the plants as necessary, and um, and just avoid having any stem rot whatsoever if you can.
8: If I, like when we go away a week or a week or two in the winter, I will use watering mats. mm mm-hmm. With that, uh, Do you think it might spread through that as well? Um, it could, but it's a good
2: idea. You still need to keep those. The water has to be. You, the mats are probably better waterers than any of your friendly neighbors would ever be because most people don't know how to water and they tend to overwater, right? So, you know, your mats are, are something you can really set them up to water properly. So um, I wouldn't be over, like concerned that it's spreading through the watering in the watering mats. I would just be concerned that you know avoid the circumstances that contribute to fungal diseases. So avoid dead air, avoid dark areas. Like get some maybe light. Do you have supplemental lighting on this, or do you just rely on windows?
8: basement but right now they're down to about uh five hours of, of you, you light know what, guys and I'm they're really happy with that bill
1: bill i'm very sorry but we're we're fresh out of time here oh uh, my gosh yeah, the, yeah. <laughs> with charlie not being in studio she hasn't got a an eye on that monitor as i do and knowing <laughs> i, I that know
6: quickly running out of
1: time, time at all. dave's That's corner well, garage all set to grab up Hey, listen, uh, by golly, I'm so glad you decided to stay there at home and be yes. safe. That's what folks should do in inclement weather like this, Charlie. Good That's for you. That's
2: right. So you get home yourself. Yeah, will do. After your show. Thanks a bunch, okay. Frank. I really appreciate you being the
1: quarterback on this today. No problem, my love. You take care, okay? And thanks, Doug. All right, keep warm. Thank See you for you next listening. next week.
0: This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin.